Welcome to the Marvel DNT Evolution podcast with myself, Andy Stead. And I'm Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Stroud. And I'm Jamie Smith. How we doing, lads? How we doing? Good. 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 Excellent. We're all alright, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um doing pretty good except I'll... for the the small panic I just had with uh, <laughs> my network stuff. But uh good to go now. Jarian's <laughs> Jarian's technical issues and just panicking while we're sitting there chatting about life. And... <laughs> stressing getting the links going um do you know what it's funny i was just sitting there you know when the when the when the little music the, the intro kicks in i sit there sort of you know, bopping away and then totally forget all of a sudden it takes me by surprise and i jump in and go oh great you know we're there um uh, yeah hi lisa hi rmc you're there usuals hi zander i guess you're watching as well or listening um yeah, so uh, we're gonna uh, gonna we've got two episodes today for anybody that's watching live. Obviously, anybody that's listening recorded, you can listen at your own speed, of course. But if you're watching or listening to us live, we've got this episode which we're going to go through standard stuff, you know, news, the week's MCU news. We'll probably chat about what we've been reading or what we've been collecting or what we've been up to in regards to other Marvel stuff. And then, of course, with Jamie here, we are going to crack on talking about Moon Knight episode five. And then we're going to have a little 15 minute break so that we can go and top up our drinks and um, have a restroom break. And then we're going to come back just uh, myself, Alex and Jarian, and we're going to get into a little Multiverse of Madness preview episode just to discuss what our thoughts are on that so for those of you listening live you can catch that show straight after this one um but anybody that's recorded obviously go back and listen to that as and when you can ideally before you go and watch multiverse of madness but um yeah so let's get uh, let's get stuck in has anybody been up to anything good you've been reading anything doing any research have you collected anything new um i know alex i don't know if you you, you seem to have slowed down on the old funko collecting alex and you jamie to be fair I've got some pre-ordered. So that's <laughs> just I'm, waiting. That's, yeah, just waiting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, if I'm gonna be honest, I think I've got every Peacemaker Funko pre-ordered, and I've got. I actually have bought a few recent ones. I bought another Wandavision one recently. Um, I just got that Metallic King Shark from the Suicide Squad and the Diamond Edition Flash from the DC shop. So those are DC ones, of course, but. Um, those are like some of the most recent ones, but yeah, I totally have slowed down like buying. I, I, I used to buy like I feel like five Funkos a week. It would feel like sometimes, <laughs> not anymore. So the, the, the bank balance doesn't allow that to happen. <laughs> the <laughs> space jar- really doesn't allow it to. <laughs> <laughs> You're like working to buy Funkos. There's that. There's and, and that slogan is it? Isn't it? Uh, live to work or work to live. It's um. It should be work to buy Funkos. <laughs> mm-hmm. Literally, um, Jerry. What about you with Lego? Have you bought any Lego? Yeah, I've actually finally cleared my wish list on the Lego site because <laughs> right now there's no more new Marvel Legos out there after the drop of the Thor stuff. But the Goat Boat has come in. Um, hey, yeah, that came this weekend. Actually, it came yesterday, and I unboxed it here shortly. Um, so the Goat Boat came in, and then I also got the Lightyear Lego sets they put out there as well. They look cool, so I just got them. 
Uh, are the are the goats so sort of tooth nasher and tooth grinder are they like the little horses that you used yeah. to get like all in one piece they appear so i haven't opened it yet um but i'll put i'll put a picture out there once i do just to make sure but it looks like it um uh, speaking of those little horses i found a pegasus um lego for valkyrie so she can have her pegasus lego That's uh, nice. maybe i can do a nice little a team uh lineup since i have all the all the finny figs from uh in game <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be yeah. cool yeah that'd be wicked i'd love to see that i'd love to see that yeah i haven't um i haven't bought anything but i went to the um uh comic book shop today my son wanted to go and spend some money he bought a uh he bought a winter soldier uh marvel legends that he's been after for a while but um yeah there was a few good pops in there but talking about marvel legends there was all the um love and thunder marvel legends in there and there was an interesting i know jarring i'm pretty sure last week when we were talking about the trailer you read out a couple of the descriptions that were on the back of the marvel legends but there was one that was on the back of gore's um box and it said about you know i can't remember exactly what it said i'm paraphrasing but scary new villain wielding a something was it a surprising or a, 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 something like that weapon but it was basically talking about um about his, his sword yeah um which i thought was uh was really interesting the, uh, the interesting thing that i thought the reason i found it interesting was because they focused on it it was a point of them saying it you know they could have said anything about this villain there was so many things they could have said but they actually chose to talk about the sword so is it the necro sword and is that going to have larger implications in the mcu it was just mm -hmm. interesting the fact that it was a, a st i mean there was only no 20 words not even that 15 words and they chose to highlight the sword mm -hmm. so it's got to have some sort of importance hasn't it that that was kind of my thinking along the lines i mean i don't know what you guys think about the the necro sword and it's i mean we know where it's um history come come from. From. sorry jamie you know, we know what it's supposed to come from yeah whether exactly. that's where yeah. it will come from It'll be interesting mm. to see what happens in that movie because there's been some promo art too where it looks like he has symbiote powers yeah. as well. So I wonder, A, if they're going to call the Necro Sword, and B, are they going to show any of his his um, symbiote powers, anything like that as well, because some of the promo art shows that. And then also, too, everything we've seen of him has been in all white with no... No hood or anything, no, no none of that stuff. But there's set photos that were leaked out a while ago where he actually had a black hood and and all that kind of stuff. So I wonder where it's all going to go, and maybe that's why we haven't seen him in a trailer yet. Yeah, yeah, I think there's probably a lot of CGI that hasn't been finished. You know, those sort of tentacles that he has, the hood. I should imagine that's quite liquid, and um, uh, obviously not, you know able to do that in with real effects that so they're using cgi for that so yeah um yeah so, but, so, like, let's say let, i was gonna say let me throw out one thing so i had this strange idea the other day and i was thinking about this with everything that we've been seeing about avatars and stuff like this wouldn't it be an interesting weird little twist if they made gore like an avatar for null mm. like like mm kind of like you know like he gets the sword and then he's like yeah. kind of possessed by null in a way you know yeah that's nice that's good actually i like that i like yeah. that yeah that's 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 relevant isn't it to what's mm -hmm. happening now and i mean like it's it not only that but like you know moon knight finishes soon and then we'll have multiverse of madness and then like what a month and a half later however long we have love and thunder right around the corner so 
dealing with gods and stuff. I mean, it, it would kind of be relevant. So it would be cool to, to tie yeah. it all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Well, um, yeah, and then obviously we've got Wakanda Forever later on in the year. So again, there's that gods, you know, kind of past uh, Black Panthers. You know, are they going to talk about T'Challa passing and going into the uh, what was the what was the the ancestral called? plane? Yep, the ancestral plane. Yeah, so going into we've bust and you know, so there. Yeah, there's 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 sort of you know, and that was referenced in Moon Knight. Yep, it was. It was. It was, um, yeah. Well, there we go. That's that's our conversation about a toy. Can <laughs> get carried away. It's, as you mentioned, Bass too. You know, Bass being it, someone being an avatar for Bass coming forward could explain how someone's going to have the Black Panther powers going forward with Killmonger destroying all of all of the flower um, that they used to make the powder to give them the powers for. So mm-hmm. this could all, you know, everyone's like Moon Knight's not tied to anything. You know, we know past history it's not really but mm-hmm. forward motion it could uh set up a lot of things going forward i i just think it would be really interesting if they did that thing where like bass kind of has like some kind of tie to the vibranium they kind of do the same thing with like noel having an avatar that has the tie through the necro sword kind of type thing I like you know? that. so yeah looks yeah, like, no, uh, like the sword is the the sword is the is the key to yeah the conduit yeah exactly. yeah it looks like Barb's joined us today too. So hey, Barb, she's in the chat. Um, hey. I'm, looks like I'm seeing the page chat, but possibly not the group chat again. So we'll, we'll see how that that goes. I got a group chat. I got a okay. group chat. Um, right. Okay. Then. So what we had for uh, news this week? I know we're leaving out uh, Multiverse of Madness news on this episode because we're going to try and cover that on the special in a, a little while. But what else we had, Jerry? So I'm going to do the Moon Knight news first because this is like hot off the the press though. So. Uh, Jeremy Slater, the writer, has said at one point they were considering bringing Echo into the series and making Echo a love interest of Mark Spector. So uh, they were looking for ways to to bring Echo into the fold. And early on, there was an idea of using her in, in Moon Knight as a love interest, which is interesting because in the comics, it's she's Matt Murdock's love interest, not Mark Spector. So I wonder if that could have been a bridge to... To Daredevil and uh, Matt Murdock as well, possibly. There is one storyline where it's kind of it's that one where he thinks he's Wolverine, Spider Man, and Captain America. He does have a bit of back and forth with with Echo. I think he kisses her and then she punches him in the face. <laughs> so it was like kids in the schoolyard type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the other piece of news is that Bushman was also going to be the main threat besides Haro, but they decided not to go that route currently. So that's the Moon Knight news. Uh, let's get into the other news, though. Um, Sony. So CinemaCon was last week. Um, so there's some things out there about that. I'll get into that in some of the news. I'll leave the Multiverse of Madness stuff for the next uh, stream. But uh, Sony has a silver stable film in the works. It is one thing that came out last week, which is interesting. Um, and I'm wondering how Sony's going to do with all this stuff because Morbius mm-hmm. was not the best. I haven't seen it, but I'll go. I'll wait till it's on streaming um, to see it uh, on digital. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I have. I have. Um, I'm. I'm being optimistic for Craven. Uh, maybe just Morbius wasn't. You know, with the delays and the reshoots and that kind of stuff, Morbius just got kind of lost in the shuffle. So hopefully, you know, Sony can turn that back around. 
Do you think that um, being, you know, Morbius being a vampire movie, I mean, it's very niche, isn't it, vampire movies? I still don't think they're, you know, as, as much as Twilight, you know, kind of helped that genre in a way, it didn't really do anything for the actual genre, did it? It wasn't really a vampire movie. I know it was about vampires, but it wasn't really, was it? It wasn't yeah, really it was, a vampire yeah. movie in its traditional sense where, um, I mean, again, I haven't seen Morbius either yet. I'm going to wait for the stream as well. Um but I don't feel like the whole genre is, is, is at the stage where it can just rely on being a Marvel movie and then it's successful, you know? Mm-hmm. So is it not, was it, it wasn't successful as a Marvel movie. Was it successful as, 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 a, as a vampire movie? That's kind of, I think that's probably what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I, don't I, I think it's because it's that weird movie where it's like it's a vampire movie, but it's not a vampire movie. It's literally like a scientifically made vampire, you know, like it's yep. it's kind of what that is. And it's and it's so different because it's like whenever I think of like Marvel vampires and like werewolves, I think of like underworld kind of style in my mind, like on screen. So like whenever I think of like Morbius, like I haven't seen that movie, but just looking at it, it doesn't look right you know what i'm yeah. saying like it looks a little weird but and it's sad too because morbius has run-ins with with blade he, you know he's midnight suns um all kinds of things they can bring him to the fold but we'll, we'll see what happens with that yeah mm. yeah um yeah palm climentief hope i'm saying her last name right uh said via instagram she's finished work on guardians of the galaxy 3 um and then james gunn requested a few adjustments to guardians um, to the Guardians and Thor Love and Thunder. Um, he responded to Twitter question about how much influence he had in the script. He replied, I asked for some things to be adjusted and they were adjusted. And it, it sounds more there like uh, continuity. And also too, James Gunn is one of my favorite followers on Twitter because he'll debunk stuff. He'll, he'll talk with people, he'll answer questions. You know, he's actually a pretty accessible person in social media um, about how he goes things. Um, he also said that um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is wrapping up filming soon. Um, it should be done sometime this month. Now it's May. He said early May. So now it's May today. Um, so sometime this month. Um, the, the Christmas special, though, is interesting because it may reference Eternals. Um, their filming location includes various posters of Kingo. Also, too, they completed filming this week for the Christmas special due out this December. So hmm. um, that's interesting yeah. that th- there might be a reference to Eternals in there um, when they're filming. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to that Christmas special. I think I've usually I don't have that same kind of excitement for those kind of wow. non projects. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But actually, this one, I mean, I think it was Gunn that said, You're going to want to watch this. This yep. is important. It's going to tie kind in. Of made me, yeah, it's kind of made me go, Oh, okay. He, you know, he's gone, Listen up, like, watch this. Um, mm-hmm. Just before you move on, Jaron, we've got uh, we've got Roxy with us and we've got Justin with us. How are we doing, guys? And there's a couple of comments from there. Roxy likes your theory, Alex. I'm not sure which one that was, but she likes one of your theories. <laughs> um, Justin said, even with delays, there was still no excuse for Sony to botch it. I'm guessing he's talking about Morbius there. Yeah. Uh, what, were they, what were they doing from the months of January to April? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Roxy said, uh, honestly, after Morbius disaster, they should really think about their upcoming projects. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, we, we've all agreed. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing releasing, oh, I don't know, is it? I mean, it's one thing releasing another Venom movie. Venom's got a bit of background, but Silver Sable, Black Cat, even the Craven thing. I mean, I'm worried for ATJ, if I'm honest. 
but Sony Sony doesn't need to replicate what the MCU's doing. They just need to make good solo right. movies yes. and just focus yeah. on that. If they do that, they'll they can hit some home runs. But if they mm-hmm. like start like right at the very bottom trying to build like an interconnected weave tale like with all these different characters and everything, it might get a little messy. Do you think it's even possible for them to do that? Like do you think it's do you think at this stage for anybody for any studio even if even if with this whatever's happening at Warner Brothers or whoever's taken over DC or whatever, I don't know. Do you think it's even possible to replicate what the MCU's done because they've done it first? Like, would it always just seem like you're just copying what they've done? Does that make sense? No, but I think at the same time, I think if anybody probably had a shot to do it with like a trove of characters, it's going to be the Spider-Man characters. But they're not going to be able to do it that well and the thing is is they have a very deep list of characters that they can use in movies and shows and all kinds of stuff it's just like you just need to lay the groundwork first and then work up to it you know like don't don't run before you can walk yep crawl walk run yeah yeah yeah, and I, yeah. I think they need to just, just team up with marvel to continue to do that maybe yeah. let them not have full creative control but have consulting to kind of help them steer the ship in the proper direction until they can start walking and then running because right now they're still crawling mm-hmm. yeah a couple more comments here from the uh from the listeners we've got uh, rmc he said he thought the problems with the movie weren't really about the character or genre it was how the story was told no real direction etc that's what I, just what i heard is messy yeah um he said he concerns him for craven yeah we all agree on that uh, justin said um uh, the more input from the directors and writers the better uh RMC said about the Xmas special is required. Um, <laughs> and he's also said about Sony trying to cash in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I said before, I, I think the Christmas special is going to be our intro to Adam Warlock, kind of like they did with Star Wars and, and Boa Fett. I think that's kind of the route yeah. they're going. I could be wrong. It could be somebody else. Um, maybe mm-hmm. maybe the um, the High Evolutionary gets introduced in that special or we, we get more of Rocket's background before we go into Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But I think they're going to introduce somebody new during that special mm-hmm. yeah i was um i was talking to um somebody a little while ago and they were saying about uh and listening to somebody and they were saying about what happened there with boba fett and mandalorian you know appearing at the end of boba fett and they said that it was a great way to kind of get mando's interim story out the way before they start with season three so yep. it was almost like this is what he's been doing this is where he's at right go Yep. You know, and it's almost the same as what they could do with like what you exactly what you just said there with Adam Warlock. They could go, look, here he is, this is who he is. Now when we hit volume three, mm-hmm. he's ready. You're off. Yeah. You know, just take off running. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And then speaking anyway, of Morbius, on. it's gonna release on digital May nineteenth. Um so yeah. that, that's coming soon. Um, I am Groot is using the production company Logjam Productions with working title Lone Pine. Um, hmm. You you mentioned Venom three, I'm sorry, you mentioned Venom at CinemaCon. They did say that Venom three is in development, um, so that that's good news to hear there because right now Venom is probably their most successful title on their own. Um, is the Venom story? Um, hmm. There's a rumor that Charlie Cox may start filming for Echo series in May. Um, so, but we definitely know that from all the, all the, all the news out there in traction that him and Vincent Diorfornio, Diorfornio will be in that series, especially after we saw what happened in Hawkeye series. Mm-hmm. Um, do, 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 do. 
what else? I just skipped ahead here because I have a piece I want to tie together of news. Um, production company Starfish or Standoffish Productions LLC and uh, working title is Perfect Imprints. Um, movie will begin filming in July in Atlanta area. Okay, what did I do with my what, notes? What movie is that, Joe? Um, he's, he's flapping. He's flapping. Yeah, my I don't, I don't, I don't know. Oh, I have to go back. I'll have to come back to that one because I wrote the notes down wrong. Um, why is, I don't know why I put Brad there. It was something else. Um, Brad Pitt. No. Anyways, I'll skip ahead of that. Um, so this is an interesting one. So John Watts has left Fantastic Four project. Mm. Uh, everything that I've read has been it was an amicable exit. He wants a break. Um, he you know he wants to take a break. And Sony has come out and said he's expected to return for Spider-Man Four along with Tom Holland in Zendaya. So they kind of said. Zendaya will be back as MJ in Spider-Man 4, but also, too, they expect uh, John Watts back. Now, what's interesting, before this news came out, and this is probably why I'm tying these two together, the Marvels and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania have switched release dates. So originally, it was February 17th was the Marvels, and Quantumania was July 28th, 2023. They are now swapping roles. So that's interesting because we get... The Watts thing, then we get the or we get the these this news like kind of back to back days here of Watts not doing the movie anymore, which Marvel's probably known for a while, mm-hmm. and they're changing dates. Now everything I've read so far is that Quantum Mania is further along in production than the Marvels. But I've been reading some more stuff out there, and I think this was uh Murphy's Multiverse that kind of put these two together that got me thinking is that maybe they moved up Quantum Mania so Peyton Reed can be free to start working on Fantastic Four if he's the new director of it. Now, that was my thought, too, for Peyton Reed. was one of my things. I think we had the post in the group about who you want to see direct the movie, and I can't remember who put the post up. But my, my first thought was Peyton Reed because I've always, and Alex had this discussion with me before, I've always wanted them to tie uh, Ant-Man and Reed Richards, so Hank Pym and Reed Richards together, and that's how they got trapped in the negative zone or the quantum realm. Or wherever they are, and they bring in the Fantastic Four through Quantumania uh, movie. That's when we get the soft introduction to them. So that's one. Um, but also, um, um, I don't want to say his last name, but Rick uh, Froymura, I think I can't say his last name properly. He's done Mando episodes. That would probably be my, my, my first person as a director to, to do that. Because I've also been reading, too, that Marvel has come on, that some people have said that Marvel or Disney wants people they've worked with already to take over this film. And since he's worked on Mando, he could also slide into Fantastic Four. Now, there's no casting yet for it. And I think casting is probably going to happen at the end of this year. Um, because I think they're supposed to start filming next year from everything I read, too, as well. So that's the news there. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, um, uh, there's a couple of things on that. There's obviously, there, I say obviously, there's that open slot that they've still got for an untitled movie, isn't there? At the end of, uh, beginning of November 2023. Yep. So as you said, Jerry, and that moves Ant-Man away from that slot a little bit more. So who knows? Maybe that is the sort of end of phase four, um, the 2023, and that is going to be the Fantastic Four movie. Who knows? Uh, but on a more comical note, um, uh, Seb Marsden's post um, this week about uh, Quentin Tarantino has been... <laughs> 
<laughs> been chosen to direct. Obviously, it was hypothetical. It was fun. You know, mm-hmm. I think there was a little bit of confusion at first. What Quentin Tarantino is directing? Mm-hmm. Fantastic Four. No, 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 no. Calm down. Like if that's not what's happening. This is a joke. But um, yeah, Quentin Tarantino has been elected to direct Fantastic Four. Who you're casting? Um, Seb casted uh, Christopher Waltz as Mr. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uma Thurman as Invisible Woman. <laughs> Samuel as Ben Grimm and Brad Pitt as Human Torch. I quite liked it as well. I, th- I thought that was quite funny. I put yes. uh, Michael, Michael Madsen as Reed. And, but I thought um, Quentin Tarantino, he's got a cast himself, hasn't he? He's always in his own movies. Like, actually, mm-hmm. if you look at actors that have been in the most Quentin Tarantino movies, it's Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been in more Quentin Tarantino movies than anybody else. So I thought him as a Human Torch would be hilarious. <laughs> Somebody, I can, some, a, some of the things that that um the, the thing would say with samuel jackson it, it's mother effing clobbering time <laughs> Susie, Susie, you said that, I, heard that, I heard that in my in my head <laughs> um, and i told you i come up with a good one as well. oh no wait who was it that come up with a good one about um oh yeah it was antonio saying about uh, uh christopher walking as galactus <laughs> i just thought that'd be absolutely brilliant absolutely him, glass. him talking to the silver server in his tone the way he, he, he delivers that'd be hilarious yeah it would it would there was there was a lot of good uh, a lot of good little comments on that one actually i was just going through a couple of these um <laughs> matt parker said that uh sue would be invisible except for her feet yeah. <laughs> so you'll know that tarantino has got some sort of foot fetish but yeah uh, great post said well done we like that one I, I, oh. I especially like that one okay so Back to my brain fart on the production company. Blade Production Company is Stand Office Productions LLC, and working title is Perfect Imprints, and will start filling in July in the Atlanta area. So that was my brain fart on that one. Funny how some some things come back to you every now and again, isn't it? Like, yeah. Where did that go? How did that disappear out of my head? Um, excellent. All right. Have you got any more then, Joey? Yeah, a couple more things real quick. Then we get into Moon Knight. So other things for Marvel at CinemaCon. Um, Wakanda Forever footage was shown. Up, oh, where did Alex go? We've lost Alex. He Still lost all of them back, but he comes back in. But uh, Wakanda Forever footage was shown um, that included a great shot of, of Nakia, Shuri, and Okoye all on the front line of what looked like a major battle approaching. Some have said this is new footage. Some have come back and said, no, this was just some, some shots they did from other previous movies. So I'm not 100% sure that footage wasn't shared publicly, um, but they discussed that. Um, what also came out of there as well is that Man Thing is rumored to appear in Work by Night and also use practical effects. Um, yeah, so some more connections there. Um, Midnight Suns, Legions of Monsters, who knows where they're going. But, you know, between Multiverse of Madness and these properties and, and Moon Knight and Work by Night and we know Man Thing's coming. Uh, interesting to see what, what's uh, what's going on there. Um, Loki Season yeah, yeah. 2. Oh, go ahead. Go on, Jamie. Oh, yeah, I just I just found out the other day that there was a that Ragnarok wasn't the first Man Thing reference. There was one in Iron Man three as well. Oh. You yeah, know the uh, the extremist woman Brant, that's his wife. That's what the burns were on her face. Is that is is that come from any like the the name and the, the actual yeah, connection? The, the, yeah, yeah, the name and the the, the whole that half her face was burnt in the comics. I believe that Man Thing. Burns her face. Hey, oh, the is. one, the one lady who went after Stark. Uh, yeah. And, and, yep, that lady. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's back. Um, the one. Sorry. He's back. I, I I don't know what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Um. 
I was talking about sorry Alex, we were just talking about man thing um appearing and uh Joan said about the fact that they're gonna use practical effect. Uh, uh, do you know what I think they've I mean I don't know this. We should ask Luke actually, Luke Smith from Hydro Collectibles. He worked in um effects in movies on, on, on all sorts of things, Walking Dead and um and, and some Star Wars stuff. But um I think they can rely too heavily on CGI without looking too much into practical effects i mean if you look at some of the best stuff from jurassic park when you think how long ago that was some of the best stuff from jurassic park was real like not mm -hmm. real they weren't real dinosaurs <laughs> mm -hmm. um, look were, at uh, uh where if I, where if in london look at that movie you know yeah. and look at some of the vampire movies back in the day even look at thriller yeah you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I and I hate to say this, but like, and, and I hate to sound like Michael Bay, but like a good old explosion is a great example. Like CGI explosions don't look as good as real explosions. Like when you actually film film like a, a real explosion versus like creating one digitally, you know. Hmm. Wasn't that one in the second or third? Or I don't know what Transformers movie it was. It wasn't the first one. I think it was the second one. Wasn't that explosion like the biggest explosion in cinematic history? There was there was I one. think in one of those movies it was. Yeah, I'm sure it was in the second one in the desert when Optimus Prime had just been resurrected. This is stupid, he's a robot. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> New batteries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when they charged him up. Um but um yeah, it, and it was the biggest explosion in cinematic history, apparently. Um followed by a sunset and a sweeping camera move around said actor. Um <laughs> yeah, <Alex. laughs> All right, yeah. finishing up here. Anyway. Loki season two production is starting in six weeks, and Tom Hiddleston promises questions will be answered. So, hmm. anything that we have well, leaving hanging from season one should get answered in season two, hopefully. Interesting. Excellent. Excellent. Um, a couple more things, and then I'm done. We can get into Moon Knight. Um, Sam Raimi said he has game for Spider Man 4. So, you know. Him kind of taking that break and coming back to do mom. He's, he's game for Spider-Man 4. He said, I didn't think it was possible, but after jumping back in with multiverse, I realized that anything is possible now, so I can I am completely open to it. Uh, the last piece of news is Ironheart to start shooting um, June 20th in Atlanta. Hmm. That's interesting. And that's all I got. Excellent. Uh, just one last thing before we go on to Moon Knight after the news. Uh, Justin said... Um, Golden Standard, a building getting knocked down in Lord of the Rings of Two Towers was just a miniature getting smashed, but it was so convincing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those old effects. Are, uh, and you know what, actually? They're, they're, you, you can appreciate them a lot more, I think, those old effects. When you watch those old movies where there's floods or buildings getting knocked down or spaceships or whatever, um, I think you can appreciate the work that goes into them. You know, when you see some of the behind-the-scenes footage from, you know, Star Wars or um, Terminator or things. I say Terminator, that's slightly later on than Star Wars. But do you know what I mean? When you see some of that behind-the-scenes footage, you can really appreciate the work and the artistry that goes into it. Not that I'm saying that CGI stuff is not art and is not difficult or talented or anything like that. That's not what I mean. But, you know, I mean, a friend of mine, he's um, in his 60s now, he said he remembers going to see Star Wars at the cinema when he was sort of in his teens. And th that first scene where the, the Star Destroyer comes over the, the, the over your head and just appears over your head to that little ship, and everyone sort of ducked. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And and you know that was just some bloke with a 
cardboard star destroyer, you know, run it over the camera. I mean, it's incredible that they can <laughs> people can like, yeah, what's that? You know, ducking and it's brilliant. Really, really is great. Some practical effects. So, um, yeah, agreed with you there, Justin. That there's some uh, some good stuff out there. Um, you're done, Jarian, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we can get into this Moon Knight episode, episode five of Moon Knight. And um, do you know what Moon Knight as a whole for me? And and again, I'm, I'm not alone on this. I know that, um, but I haven't been overly enthused with it. Not in the same way that I have with. Let's say Hawkeye. I loved Hawkeye. I mean, actually, that's probably not fair because I loved Hawkeye. I thought Hawkeye was brilliant. Um, however, this particular episode was probably... It's like Lost. If anybody's ever watched Lost, right? There's season four of Lost was rubbish. But the constant... I think me and Alex have spoken about this before. That's the one where... Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the Irish guy goes back and forward in the helicopter to the boat and he keeps flipping back and forth. It's not Irish, man. <laughs> Scottish. Scottish. Desmond. Yeah. Desmond. Desmond. Desmond, yeah. Thank you. Desmond. But keeps going back and forward. That is probably one of the best episodes of Lost, but mixed up in probably the worst season mm. of Lost. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying I'm not saying that Moon Knight is as bad as Lost Season 4. That's not what I'm saying. It's not. But this episode for me was amazing. Absolutely loved it. In amongst, again, for me, a series that hasn't quite captured me the same as some of the other series. But this episode incredible. I was actually crying. <laughs> I don't know. Go on. Someone talk. <laughs> I'd say that was, you've seen the critics saying it before the, the episode was released. A lot of them said that this is the best yep. episode of Marvel TV. Mm. Full stop. Yeah, everyone was excited for episode four and they said once that five got put out there accidentally and, and some of the, the scoopers saw it, they said this is even even better than episode four. So episode four and five really, for me, changed kind of the series. I was, I was loving the series that it was already because mm-hmm. it kind of the twists and turns and, you know, made you think a lot about things. It wasn't, you know, as straightforward as some of the other ones. It kind of had a WandaVision vibe in some cases, you know, with, with the, the thinking and the confusion and so forth. But just look at the connections, too. The, the past mm-hmm. two episodes, look at all the connections back to the first couple episodes. Just look at the fish tank by itself. We saw the boat. We, we've seen the goldfish again. Um, what else have we seen? Things in his apartment, you know, the last two episodes, mm-hmm. him being chained to the chair, um, all kinds of stuff. So these past two episodes, four and five, are almost like you're seeing everything again from a different angle. Mm-hmm. It's like you, said, like you said with Transformers, how they took that angle to kind of turn it around with that explosion in the desert. They just did that same kind of angle shot with Moon Knight by changing the perspective of it. Um, between the first couple episodes and four and five. It's funny, they're using that organizing principle that they talked about in the show to kind of tell this story, but they kind of like keep taking the the parts of the story and kind of just sliding them around a little bit, you know? So it's it's kind of like we know the story, but we don't really know the story. You know what I'm saying? It's like a Rubik's Cube ad, trying to solve a Rubik's Cube puzzle. You know know what you need to do, but all those twists and turns to get to the end of that, to finish that story is what we're kind of getting with this Moon Knight, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, going through it. Yeah. Progression. Uh, Roxy, said, Roxy said that um, that was the best episode of anything Marvel she's seen. Um, and as, as I, I kind of dis- I kind of agree. Uh, Justin said that um, Asylum is Marvel's divine comedy. Uh, rather than Dante exploring hell, 
uh, Purgatory and Heaven, Mark slash Stephen is exploring the duet Hell, um, the organiser principle, the hospital and Purgatory, and uh, the field of reeds, Heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Get what you're saying. And I'm sticking with my theory. I think he's dead still. I think he's dead. I think this is all a test. And the end of last episode is when we see the actual resurrection of in the tomb. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think this is all a test to get him, Stephen, Mark. You see, they're becoming a team, more of a team now, especially this last episode. Seeing them becoming a team, and then finally, you know, kind of get Jake in the fold because I think we saw when Jake was created, not actually introduced, Mm -hmm. but created. Um, as another alternate for Mark, and we, you know, with the the scene with his um at his mom Shiva outside the ca- the cabs there, the long shot, you know, that to me felt all Jake there. And even there's one mm-hmm. part when he's talking to Haro, which everyone keeps saying Ned Flanders with, with the Haro thing. Um, that uh, there's one with the broken nose, and he's bloody, and it's mm-hmm. his tone, his demeanor. Was that Jake also there as well? Mm-hmm. Did Jake kind of slip out mm-hmm. when he stands up and he grabs the pyramid and yep. Yeah, it's interesting what you said there, Joan, about when he creates Jake, and we saw the moment on screen, and we still don't quite know when exactly that is, but we saw the moment where we created Stephen. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and for me, you know, people talk about a few moments in in the MCU, don't they? You know, um, they talk about seeing a minute, and they talk about I can't feel you, and a few different moments about you know which one, which one really got you. Um, for me, that was massively powerful i mean and and i guess as well um maybe from a male's perspective i mean don't get me wrong my mum my mum's great love my mum and uh, and all of that but generally we you know boys tend to have different relationships different relationships with their mothers than than girls do so Mm -hmm. i guess that as males we probably felt that scene a little bit differently maybe to females you know um but but for me that moment there was just that was that was incredible that was up there with with probably one of the um most emotive cinematic and i know this is a tv show but cinematic scenes that i think i've ever experienced you know up there with with like andy dufresne coming out of the shit pipe at the end of Shawshank, you know, and you're sitting, you know, you've just watched him, you know, as Morgan Freeman says, crawl through a hundred yards of shit to, you know, get through it. And you're you're sort of so relieved for him at the end of that moment. And it was and 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 that was amazing, that kind of feeling that you get. And as as much as this scene was not was wasn't that kind of positive, it still had that same wow, like just yeah, incredible. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I thought what and the way that the that um Oscar Isaac was kind of holding himself back and they were direct, oh, just incredible. Absolutely loved it. I don't know I don't know if you guys felt the same watching it. I mean, but I was I was practically in bits. <laughs> There's definitely a, some powerful scenes in this episode. So question. After after watching this episode and seeing what happens to Steven, do you think that Mark and Steven have become more of one, or do you think Steven's actually dead? I think he's dormant. Yeah, I don't think he's, he's dead. Yeah, yeah, he's still yeah. There. He's just dormant. I, I think that was that was it was symbolism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, that's exactly what I think. And I think I think what Mark Mark has kind of taken on some of what Stephen was there for. Mm-hmm. 
you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like completing yourself, isn't it? It's like there's pe- there's pieces of me all over the place, and yeah, I, I agree with you, Joe. It, it, it's it's kind of like uh, Banner and uh, Hulk. It's kind of like merging the two sides almost. Yeah, you know, yeah, that could be that way too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, couple of com- uh, couple of comments, John. Keep that in mind. Uh, RMC said he's. Uh, I think this show is out of this world. Oscar Isaac portrays the characters characters plural uh, perfect. Uh, the writing is really great. Can't say enough good things about it. Even with that said, still will be incomplete without Jake and still let down about the lack of Moon Knight. He's had very little screen time, very little fighting, etc. I do agree with that. I think I've mentioned on a post the other day that I agreed with that. Uh, Justin said, um, I would have loved to have seen this on an IMAX screen. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd love to see anything on IMAX. It's like going from standard definition to high definition. Is it? You kind of can't go back. But mm-hmm. I think there's certain things that I could probably not pass on, but just do without. But I get, you know, fine. Um, RMC said, yes, uh, yes, um, more of one. They've accepted. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. This is on the, what Jarian's point is, the acceptance and the symbolism. Um, they've accepted each other. Stephen isn't necessary now, though. Interesting. Jarry, next, because yeah, that's a good point. Because I think Stephen kind of got him as far as needed to go, and he yeah. fulfilled his purpose. So, mm-hmm. but m- my point was one thing that was interesting is that that scene with his brother, and it looked like when he's in that room full of dead people, that was his brother that kind of led them off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that scene. Um, do you notice the mini Khonshu on the ground? So mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. almost like Khonshu was has been with him his his whole life, maybe mm-hmm. kind of like in the yeah. comics, um, or. And, and did Kanchu actually kill his brother or, you know, to kind of create the trauma to make create, him weak yes, to get exactly. him to it be was, his avatar? Yeah, because it was an off-scene death. So, one, we don't know if it was really dead, you know. Yeah. So that's one thing. Off-scene deaths can go anywhere. Two, you know, did that moment, did Kanchu kind of take over Jake at that time or kind of make Jake lead his brother into that area? Because that was interesting seeing that mini Khonshu on the ground, and they kind of focused on that for a few seconds mm-hmm. as they went into that tunnel. That could also kind of be like Khonshu being like, I've kind of like tainted everything about you, like your memories and everything. Like I'm like almost making Mark believe that he's always been there, even though yep. he hasn't been, you know? That, that's a great point, too. Um, Lisa's just made a comment on the post, and she said it was an amazing episode, so intense and felt really dark in places. The scene with his brother was so hard to watch. And the way his mother blamed him, yeah, that was awful. The way, the way, it, but but again, so so I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson. I don't know, is anybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know Jordan Peterson. Yeah, and um, if you're not if you're not familiar with his work, go and check out his uh, Twelve Rules for Life book. It's really really great. Um, but he always talks about context. Um, and yeah, okay, you know, on the face of it, you'd say his mother was a horrible person. You know, she's blamed the other son for his death but there's a load of context there you know um what was his what was his mother's past like before before that life but um lisa that's interesting you know i know you've got sons as well so obviously that you know from a mother's perspective that takes a hold on you as well um and 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 i liked your comment there about the dark thing you know everyone's been banging on about darkness and about this is dark you know is it dark 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 and you know i think this quote unquote dark thing has kind of almost been 
skewed by DC movies, and I'm not saying I, I love I love some <laughs> of them. I love some of them. Deadpool. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, is it about violence? Is it about blood? Is it about the actual tone? And I mean the actual dark slash lightness of a, a movie, or is it about the content as a whole? You know, mm -hmm. don't be wrong. I, I do like a little bit of fighting and violence and blood, and you know, like watching um, Daredevil. Uh, the Netflix ones. Are we allowed to say that now? Are we allowed to say that Daredevil is a Netflix show or is it just a Marvel show? The Defender Saga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they said the, the, the Daredevil uh, Defender Saga. Um, I love that. But there's other ways to be dark without those things. Mm -hmm. and I think they showed mm -hmm. that in this episode. So. Yeah, it's kind of like those, those thriller horror movies, right? Where you don't see the blood and, and the guts, but the things that kind of like mm -hmm. that that noise and the person kind of looks, but you don't see anything, those subtle things like that, or, you know, the things to where like, uh, think about like Memento or even the parts of fight club, mm -hmm. um, where he just all of a sudden realizes that they're the one person together and he's going back and remembering things, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, there's violence in that movie, but that's the violence is not the thing that kind of is the dark tone. It's everything else surrounding that the, the violence and stuff is just a byproduct of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I said, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, didn't I, that my youngest son went has got he, well, he's still going through that phase of wanting to watch horror movies, and we've watched a couple of the classics, the Halloweens and the Friday the Thirteenth, and they're not, they're not even, they're, nothing really happens. Like in far as the violence goes, you can't. There's no real violence in there. It's all suspense and all mm -hmm. sort of scare and tactics. And... Yep, exactly. Yeah, Look at Blair Witch so, Project, for example. Yeah, as a prime exactly. example. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the darkness of that film is the ambiguity of you don't know when it's coming the first time you watch it, you know? Yeah. like Yeah, so darkness means different things, doesn't it? It doesn't yeah. just purely mean you've seen someone with blood on their face. Although I will say I do get, like, even in Hawkeye, which I love, and it, that's my favorite D-plus show, mm -hmm. um, but there was that moment where Yelena's beating the crap out of him on the ice and he's got like a cut here and then like, like <laughs> yeah and I'm like come on you've been hit about 20 times like something else should be happening there I mean even when you look back on uh in the MCU and uh when Bucky beats up Cap on the heli carrier in Winter Soldier you know Cap's got a swollen eye and a yep. bloody he looks quite beaten up he looks like he's been he put him in the hospital yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they've kind of they they could do better in some of those instances, but fundamentally, yeah, it darkness isn't just purely about how much blood you see. Anyway, so, I digress. Let's move on. Yeah. So back to the brother thing, since it was an off-screen type thing that we didn't see, um, do you think they could go the Black Widow Antonia Drakoff's daughter route, where she thought she killed him, she killed the daughter, but later on we find out that she wasn't dead and that's how we get, you know, because he there's history there from the comics with with Mark's brother. So mm -hmm. I wonder if they a pull lot. something like that, especially if this is all Mark being dead and Kanchu playing mind tricks on him and, and testing him um, before he becomes Moon Knight to make sure that he's prepped and that his broken self is working together instead of against each other or keeping things separate. I mean, they could even go another route, like bring him back from the dead and make him an avatar of another god and fight Mark, you know? You mean like, like Haro? Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a wild thought about that, that what if Haro is his brother? And yes, I know his brother was younger than him, but 
with him being Conchu's avatar and now being um, Amit's avatar, did that change him or do something to him to make him look different, to mark not to recognize him and make him look older? I know it's a wild theory, but yeah, it's wild, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think I mentioned this in the group possibly, or just maybe in one of our chats that you know they could take an out of left field type thing and, and do something like that. Hmm. Or he's this guy, or maybe like it's to dis- it's to disguise through Amit's powers, so he isn't recognizing or I don't know. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be it wouldn't be totally unusual for him to do something that left field, would it? Really, they've done mm-hmm. stuff like that in the past yeah. all of a sudden where they've made they've combined a couple of things. What what they could do is there's the the story Hatchet Man, that's his brother, that's Randall. Um, but what he does is he already thinks he's killed his brother before through something totally different. And he comes back, it's Hatchet Man, the serial killer. But he makes, he brainwashes somebody into believing he is Hatchet Man. He makes him look like Randall Spector. He makes him go after Mark. And he makes Mark believe he's killing his brother for a second time. And then he finds out that he hasn't actually killed his brother. His brother set him up to make him think he's killed him again. So what they could do is they could have it where the, he thinks his brother's still alive and he feels again that he has to kill his brother again. They could do something like that. That'd be freaky. <laughs> I, 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 I see yeah, that. That would be freaky, wouldn't it? I'll tell you what, there's, there's no other character so far at all that has delved this far into the psyche at all. Like, yeah. Not even close. Like, I mean, like I said, I really like... I really like um, Hawkeye and I really like what they tried to do, but he's still fairly simple. Guy doesn't think he's worth anything. Yes, he is. Everybody else thinks he is. He realizes he is done. Do you know what I mean? This is yep. far. Yeah. Um, this is far. Um, don't get me wrong. That was great, and I absolutely loved it. It's my favorite. I'm not. I'm not going to uh, uh, talk about that. But um, this is far more complicated than that, isn't it? Yeah, because mm-hmm. even look, look at Wanda. Wanda was more grief type, and we'll see how that rolls into Multiverse of Madness. So. That was more of a grief type thing, not more of the, the psyche that we have with Mark here. And then even Loki, that was more self-acceptance, yeah. um, you know, on that route. So, yeah, this is probably the, you know, besides some of the Hulk banner stuff, which they haven't really dug deep into in the MCU. This is like the, the most they've done in the MCU. Which it's most complex, cool. isn't it? Yep. Uh, the, so, others, the, others are, the others are not, not easy to deal with on a personal level, but they're, un- they're easy to understand, aren't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woman loses children, you know, man doesn't think he's a hero, you know, guy can't accept, you know, he's con- what he's done, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's quite straightforward, isn't it? it? It's not easy to get over, that's not what I'm saying, but they're straightforward concepts. This is mm-hmm. not a straightforward concept at all. Mm-hmm. To, so, to, me, to me, it kind of feels like he, Mark almost is serving a sort of penance for, you know, his wrongdoing before in his mind with Conchu as being his fist of justice almost is kind of what this seems like at times. Yeah. What you what he's like, he's almost like punishing himself. maybe. Yeah. Like this is his punishment being like Conchu's like avatar. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so like what you, what you said, what you saying like his punishment for, because his mother blamed him for his brother's death. mm -hmm. Do you think he, then in turn blames himself for his brother's death, even though he kind of knows it wasn't his fault, but he kind of still needs to punish himself because he kind of thinks it's his fault. And 
I don't know. That I, I, I mean, there's there's also Layla's dad too that we've yep. we've seen in this show. I mean, there's a lot of death and a lot of people he's been responsible for. We just saw like a room of people that he's responsible for their deaths in a previous episode. So, I mean, I kind of feel like you know, like part of this uh, issue with the show might be that very fact of yeah, it might be it, this is kind of like his penance. It's kind of like his punishment. Maybe it's, it's a show that you need to look at differently. You know, do you know what I mean? I think we was all expecting, if you if you think back uh, six, seven weeks ago, I think we was all expecting Moon Knight to come out in full garb, you know, with his mummified face, beating the crap out of whoever and anybody. And actually, it's given us something totally different. You know, and, and, and there was a post, wasn't there? Uh, Fred put a post on, about, uh, is it, uh, I'd agree or disagree. Is the, MCM, is the MCU too formulaic? And maybe this is them proving that it isn't formulaic. Yep, that actually, exactly. We don't have to tell a story about a superhero. We can just tell a story about a bloke who's really going through some really difficult, complex emotions and um, thought patterns in his own mind. You know, maybe that's maybe that's what they 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 set out to try and do. And probably one of the best characters depicted to do this kind of story with too, because of right. the content they have to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how yeah. deep they can go. And, and Alex, go ahead. Go, sorry, go on now. Go on, go on, John. No, no. I was. I guess. Well, Alex brought up Lila's father. Do you also notice too? He had the scarlet scarf with the scarab mm-hmm. markings on it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, so there's so some. Gonna... Yeah. So there's yeah. some some history there, and maybe she turns into that in the MCU. Mm-hmm. RMC said that um, his mind-bending character in the comics and on screen, pushing mm-hmm. boundaries with the writing all the time. I don't know so, much about him from the comics, so. I have a question. So them going off to the duet and in the boat and all that kind of stuff is Tarawit filling in for Anubis in part of this? Um, is he one of the trapped gods that we saw of, of the ten in the beginning mm-hmm. of, of episode uh, four? Because mm-hmm. we all we saw from Anubis what was this the scales and the balancing of, of the hearts and it seemed like you know speaking of that balance you know was that because there was three of them there you know Mark mm-hmm. Jake and Steve and then when Steve uh, Stephen died. That's when it balanced with Mark and Jake. But then you saw Mark go to the field of reeds. So when we see, you know, if he's not dead and Kanchu does resurrect him, is he resurrecting Jake? And we see ah. just a, a mm. batshit crazy, you know, brutal off Moon the hinge, yeah, like, off the hinge who fights yeah. Taro. You know, so there's some weird things there that too. Also, we also, um, during the Lila's father, we did get a Bushman name drop finally. So more mm-hmm. origin story without showing the full origin. We did see part of the origin, but we didn't see Bushman on screen. And he name dropped, you know, his former CEO that hired him as a mercenary um, after he was discharged from the military for going AWOL. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting, too. So more hints there. Doesn't sound like we're getting Bushman. Um, but like I said earlier in the news, they wanted to do it, but they want Haro instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Um... I think it's going to be interesting, isn't it? How much they can not squeeze in. I don't. I don't think they've squeezed anything into anything. Actually, if you look at the last episodes of any of these D plus shows, they've kind of just gone. Look, we're going to tell this story. We're not going yeah. to try and finish it. Like if we don't finish it, we don't finish it. Like we don't. Like we're not bothered about lo- leaving loose end. And I quite like that mm. because I think sometimes when everything's squeezed into our final episode, it you can sense that it's rushed. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd prefer the fact that there are loose ends and questions unanswered 
rather than them trying to answer everything mm-hmm. and then it just ends up yeah. being crap mm-hmm. do you know what i mean so i think that i i quite as much as i'd love a hour and a half end episode it's the same as you know i'll probably talk about in 15 20 minutes time i'd quite like a four hour multiverse of madness movie but you know what i trust that they know what they're doing these they know more than we do we're sitting there going well why is it not going to be 50 minutes long well because they're the professional writers they know what they're doing <laughs> this is always going to end ambiguously yeah, yeah. it was never going to be anything other than that it was always going to leave something and i think that that fits with the nature of the show though doesn't it mm-hmm. you know it should it should leave you confused almost Mm-hmm. But also, too, I think they've explained everything they need to explain up until now. So the next show, we can get right into the action of probably Layla finding Kanchu to bring him back, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. Him coming back out and then the the final fight. And hopefully when all the dust clears and settles, all that kind of stuff, we get some kind of post credit scene with War by Night or Blade mm-hmm. yeah. or, or Black Knight. You know, it would be kind of funny if we see Steven back in the museum. And Dane Whitman walks kind of, kind of in, and that then it ends. Type of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? uh, Justin said that it, it, he'll take an engaging slow burn than a boring <laughs> action romp any day. Yeah, I mean we can see action whenever we want, can't we? Let's save mm-hmm. that for these big crossovers, these yeah. big huge end game moments where we all sort of, you know, lose our shit. imagine they end this show and it just ends with like mark is getting airlifted by the tomb out and this is right after and like they have like a medical unit carrying him off or you know what i'm saying just like a big swerve like this was all in his head and he was like knocked out or something you know like Like that would be yeah that that shot we saw him with bleeding in front of conchu's tomb that's where Mm -hmm. the delusion started type of thing right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, nice, nice, nice. Um, right, lads, we better start wrapping this up. We've uh, we've been chatting for about an hour. Um, I think we've done a good job. I think we've. Um, uh, do you know what? As always, as well, I really like the fact that it's not necessarily a like, oh, this is what could happen here, and this is we're breaking down every scene. We're just talking about the show. You know, I like mm. that. I like that. There's there's other there's other channels out there and other platforms out there that will break down every scene and everything and talk about theories and. All of that kind of stuff. We just talk about what we like, and I like that personally. And hopefully, the guys listening do as well. Um, so, look, listen. If you're listening live, we're going to be back in 15, 20 minutes. Uh, what, what time will we be back, Jaren? We're back at ten forty-five. <laughs> I was going to say ten forty-five. Ten forty-five for me. Ten forty-five GMT. Four forty-five. What? What? what Central time. Four forty-five Central time. So uh, in in sort of 15 minutes or so, we'll be back to do a Multiverse of Madness preview episode. Um, But for today, that is about a wrap, yeah? Yep. Excellent. Um, Guys, it's been a pleasure as always. And Jamie, we'll see you next week for the finale episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, can't wait for that for the finale uh, uh, Moon Knight episode. So, guys, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't go far. We will be back in 15 minutes. Um, yeah, we look forward right. to seeing you again. Take care. Bye. See you guys. Why don't you tell us about the time we faced All right. Well, as I remember. At Avenger Headquarters.